It's going to come a time that we're going to have to get back to what God has called us to do. The Bible said in Amos chapter 6, said, Woe to those that are at ease in Zion. Oh, it takes something to get up and get ready. I've, I've had some little comical things, how people have, have uh, sent, sent me things, little funny things, and about them worshiping in their pajamas, you know, and, you know, and how one day people will come. I don't know who sent me that. I wish I could tell you how it really was, but hair was all messed up, you know. I don't know, maybe Run Roller was left and they had pajamas on all out of whack, you know. And, and, and they said, you know, something about worshiping, you know, God, you know. What a change has come. Does us good to get up and get ready. If you got your Bibles, don't you turn to Galatians chapter 5. Last night, yesterday, I listened to the Lord. I worked and I listened to the Lord. I didn't get nothing. Last night, I was meeting with my family. We had to get together. I didn't get nothing. I drove home. I didn't hear nothing. I finally decided to go to sleep, and I didn't get nothing. I got up this morning, and I thought I had something ringing, but I found out it was empty, and I didn't have nothing. As I was driving from Brownsville right over here in the town back out here this morning, the Holy Ghost of God spoke to me, and I got something. And I thank God he ain't never failed me. All day yesterday, I was in a hopeless situation, knowing that I had to preach the next morning, and I didn't have a word from God. I didn't tell you that I didn't have something I couldn't preach about out of God's word, Brother Johnny, that would make a whole lot of sense. But I didn't have nothing. I didn't have nothing that spoke down from heaven and gave me that I knew for a fact that I was going to give to you and how the gospel of God wouldn't return void. And I believe God has gave me a word. And the word that God gave me, does the truth even matter anymore? Does truth even matter anymore? As we think about so many people don't care if they ever go back to work. They just soon stay home when the Bible said, if you don't work, you don't even eat. I hear a whole lot of people talking about, you know, they, 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 they think you shouldn't even exchange money and, and how that they believe that they can do just as good a job from home and all these things that they're saying. But now I'm hearing them talk about they want to go camping. But they think that don't matter. But when they go camping, they got to stop somewhere because somebody is going to have to have a gas station. Charlie, I ain't picking on you. I can say horse riding. I'm, I'm all in. I'm talking about, I see you working, Charlie. This don't apply to you at all. But look here. But they're going to have to stop somewhere and get some gas in the tank. They're calling somebody else to get out of the house and work. They're going to want to stop and get some bologna and hooked cheese and some crackers and some beanie weenies to go on. They're going to charge. They're going to call someone else to have to be there to wait on them. And if they get hurt, they want to go to a hospital. And they're going to expect somebody to be out of the house, to be there, to take care of them. See, it just don't work, does it? It just don't work not to work. It just don't work not to go on with society. It just don't work not for us just to meet right here. And so the Lord has come to us today. He said, I want to tell you something before I ever read this passage of scripture. He said, don't you take for granted this liberty that I've given you. Don't you take for granted that I descended, my son came out of glory to walk and dwell among men to give himself on an old rugged cross to shed his blood so you can eat, drink, and be merry and say everything's going to be fine if I don't do nothing. 
The greatest commission, Sister Taker, Sister Trudy, that the Lord gave us was to seek and to save that which is lost, to carry this gospel and to try to explain to people the, the doctrine of God. William, it's one of the things you told me yesterday, how come people talk about one another and what they believe. I don't believe it's no need of running down nobody, William. Listen to me, though. But the Bible said there's only one thing that's going to set you free. It's the truth. The Bible said you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. I'm sorry, and I don't know why it's like that. I, I don't know how people can take the Bible, and I don't know how they can get up and preach it, and I don't know how they can talk about a Jesus, and they can say you can give your life to him today, and I hope it works out for you. That ain't the God that I'm serving. The Bible I'm serving, look here in the God I'm serving. It says, cast all your cares, Sister Tina, on the Lord, for he cares for you. He's brought you through that surgery, and you're going to be fine. You know why you're going to be fine, Sister Tina? Because that same Jesus died on the cross for you and he loves you and he said by my stripes, Sister Tina, you're healed. That's why you're gonna be fine because the blood of Jesus said you're gonna be fine. Oh, as we read this, how we can twist it, how, how you turn on your TVs today, you, you listen to all the politicians and how they all at odds against one another and they're in a battle with one another. They're trying to look good. They hope something's going to happen. Anything, if people die of anything, they call it corona. Yeah. If I had an ingrown toenail and it got affected, they'd call it corona. Yeah. They get money by signing a word beside when you die, the hospitals get extra money by putting corona by it. They put you on a ventilator, they get more money. They get like 15,000, just put your name by it. They put you on a ventilator, they get 30-something more thousand putting your name by it. Wow. And I'm going to tell you something, the greatest death there ever be. And it won't be corona. And it won't be anything else that ever comes through our life. The Bible says, fear not the one that can destroy your body, but the one that can destroy your body and your soul. Let me tell you something, if it's old body today decays, it's done died. I'm going to be more alive than ever. Billy Graham said that, a great, great preacher man. He said, one of these days you're going to hear that I've died. He said, that's going to be the biggest lie that you've ever heard. He said, I'll be more alive than forever. The Bible said, don't lay up your treasures here. Oh, my word. All you care about this morning is put you on a little something so somebody can look at you. You looked in the mirror one more time, make sure everything was fine. Oh, I just noticed I didn't shave. I meant to have forgot. I did. I noticed it. I, I never looked back in the mirror. I probably should have. I missed it. But we look and we want to look just right. Man, we want things to be in place. And all the time, you've got a heart inside you. And that heart's desperately wicked. And most of the time, there's going to be very few people that get to heaven, look at, that stand before the Lord. Let me say it that way. That stand before the Lord that don't know all about God. Matter of fact, there's not going to be none. The Bible said you're not going to be able to stand before the Lord without an excuse. You're not going to be able to stand before the Lord and say, well, Lord, I didn't understand. 
You're going to stand before the Lord. It's going to be the worst thing that could possibly happen to you. Why? Because you're going to be cast out into an everlasting death, a place called hell. Brother Eddie, you mean to tell me that on Mother's Day, you're going to preach on hell? Brother Eddie, you mean on Mother's Day, you're going to preach on salvation? Come on, Brother Eddie, it's Mother's Day. You might have right, it's Mother's Day. And I'll tell you about a mother I had. I had a mother I had would cry her eyes out. She'd pray for her children out here in the kitchen. She'd say, Lord, please save my children before it's eternal, do late. Thank God, I know what it's like to have a real mama. I hate you didn't have one like that. I was just blessed. I was so thankful. She would tell me all the time. She would say, Jesus is coming. I said, oh, here she goes. Here she goes again. Just embarrassing me about everything. Son, Jesus is coming. Mama, you've been telling me all my life that Jesus is coming. She said, then Sunday won't be as long as it has been. He's coming. She talked to me all the time. She'd tell me he's going to come one of these days like a thief in the night. She was worried about me when I got off to a church maybe that didn't worship it. Praise God. She was very concerned. She was concerned about my soul. I'm going to tell you something. I'm concerned about your soul today. I'm concerned about your soul. I'm concerned about that thing that won't ever die, that soul that when you, when you die, that soul is going to go somewhere and it's going to spend ever and ever and ever. A hundred years here won't be nothing but a vapor compared glory. Now, Mr. Christian, Miss Christian, child Christian, youth Christian, you listen to me today. You give me just a minute of your time to listen to me because the Lord has gave me a message for you today and it's going to come out of these verses. And it's about how we take this thing called Jesus and how we think this thing called salvation. And we just, we just kind of, we just kind of don't, don't take, we just don't take it serious and we don't think it's a lively hope. We think it's just an act that we did. It wasn't your act. You wasn't looking for God when you got saved. He was looking for you. You wasn't searching after God when you got saved. He was searching after you. You didn't make up your mind you was going to get saved. All of them will go to hell. He made up his mind. He wanted to save you. And he come and he dealt with you. And he put his Holy Spirit on you. And he spoke to you. He wrapped his arms around you. He showed you how you could be saved. That's the reason why you got saved. In and of yourself, you didn't do nothing. You was like a sheep without a shepherd. You were just tossed to and fro. You were just out there with any wind of doctrine. You'd believe anything. Devil ain't red with a pitchfork. Oh, no. At the devil, you're like this. The devil would be closer to me than red with a pitchfork. The devil would be the preacher in the pulpit, the Sunday school teacher, the deacon that's carrying the bag, that's taking up the offering, the praise man. It would be closer to being that than being red with a pitchfork. You know why? Because you're way too smart to let somebody red with horns and a pitchfork fool you. Huh? Look at these verses right here. Oh, is close to truth good enough? It's close to truth, good enough, just close. 
If I'm just religious, is it close enough? If I go on mission trips, is it close enough? If I sing in a praise band, is it close enough? If I preach the gospel, is it close enough? No. The Bible said there's a place in hell for all liars and false prophets. That's right. That's right. Anytime you've got something real, you can bank on one thing, there'll always be a counterfeit. There'll always be somebody that they know they got to get real close to the truth. They got to be right there. But man, they're going to tell you that and they're going to water that down in such a way. Look here, look here, it don't matter. Just sin all you want to, it don't matter. Once saved, always saved. Man, we're in. You're not in. The God says, well done, my good. You think you, because you're part of a certain denomination, you're going to give God a little wink? Said, it's just me. You're going to cruise on in? No. See, that ain't what the Bible says. Oh, no. You just think about who you think, the greatest maybe preacher may be, minister may be, maybe they dress up like they You know what? You think about the person who's got the most money in the world, the most prestigious job that there is in the world. The Bible said every knee is going to bow. You're going to get down before the Lord. How are you going to feel right there? How are you going to feel when he knows all about you? You know when the preacher's looking around, when I see somebody smirk, when I'm saying something out of my heart that I could almost shed tears for, and I'm trying my best to get a message across, and I'll see grown-ups, and they'll just be smirking to one another. Let me tell you something. When you go down on your knees before God, I believe every time you come to hinder a service and you're with a plague right now, you've got a plague on you. Look here. You done sentenced yourself to death. You've got a plague. And when you go down on your knees because you're not going to wink at God, the Bible said every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess that he's Lord. And when you go down, you're going to be the same as you was in that church service. You're going to go down just look another way, just with old silly grin. The Lord's going to say, you cursed. You cursed yourself. You wouldn't worship me. You wouldn't praise me. And every time that the preacher spoke on the Holy Ghost, and every time that the preacher raised his voice, Brother Larry Cook, and every time that the preacher did all he could, and look at me, man, I'm just pouring my heart out to you because many is going to die and go to hell because they resisted one thing. They didn't resist the church. They didn't resist going good, doing good deeds. Renee, they didn't resist singing good songs. They didn't resist being in the choir. They didn't resist going to church every time the doors open. Look at they didn't resist working in vacation Bible school. Long as there's nothing ever put inside of me that I can't be me when I get ready. But I'm going to tell you something. When that Holy Ghost is put inside of you, you can't be you no more. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, if any man be in Christ, he's a brand new creature. Say so you can't be Bill like you used to. You can't get by with it, Bill. You just can't do it. You can't go but so far. He said, no, Bill. That's right. You can't be Bill no more. But I want to tell him, I know. Vengeance is mine. I'll repay the Bible said, greater is he that's in me than he's in the world. Eventually, something's going to kick over. Eventually, truth's going to go. I'm not saying you're not going to be never be disobedient. But when you do it to a point that you're doing it in the house of God, when you do it to a point that you know good and well that, look here, I'm not of these people. I'm not going to worship like they worship. I'm not going to praise and It's going to be offensive to you. The Bible said that the gospel is an offense. 
The Word of God is like a two-edged sword. But brother, it's Mother's Day, and we need to have three points and a, and a good poem, and, and I thought you at least have two good jokes I could tell when I went by Dairy Queen. Oh, it cuts to the marrow. It separates folks. It's in your Bible. It, it'll separate you from your parents. It'll separate you from your in-laws and outlaws. It'll separate you from your brothers and sisters. It'll get where y'all may not can have Christmas dinner together. But don't be a big deal about that because the two parties separate us. But let me tell you something. This thing about God, it'll separate you. He said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So you heard about this Jesus who died on the cross. You didn't heard all about his blood, and you didn't heard about all how he done been put in a tomb and how he arose on that third day, and you said, praise of God, by grace I'm saved. <laughs> now I got it made. No, you ain't got it made. When you get saved, he got it made. Yeah. He made you whole. He made you free. He made you to be where you can enter in heaven and he made you for his, for his benefit and he's going to use you for the rest of your life and that stinking flesh on you and that stinking flesh on me is going to be worn against it but greater is he that's in me than he's in the world. He's going to have a hard time but he's got you and he's going to use you for an instrument whether you want to or not. And if you don't do that, I'm going to tell you something, you'll be the most miserable person. The most miserable person that could possibly be in the world, Brother Larry, that was a person that really was saved that didn't worship God. That really was on their way to devil's hell as Hank Williams Jr., who was that country singer? I don't know who it was. I'm rolling downhill like a snowball. Merle Haggard, I think, like a snowball headed for hell. When God saved me, that's where I was. I was just rolling. I was going to church. I was brought up in the church. You didn't go to church more and I went to. It didn't matter. I was still going to hell. But God, through his love and mercy, not because I deserved it, not because I done done something good enough to get it. It was only David Livingston because God so loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him. On a Tuesday night at Assembly of God Church, I went up just so my mama would see me go to an altar, and I'm not telling you the whole story. But right there at that altar, when that uncle was laying his hands on me and praying for me, the Bible said the effectual fervent prayer of righteous man evaded much. He loved me. He wasn't just praying to be heard yet. He didn't just come over at that corner over just to lay hands on me so somebody could sing him. He come over because he loved me. He said, Ed, if you was to die right now, would you go to heaven? I didn't say nothing. He knew I would have spoke up. He knew the kind of guy I was. I would have told him, and I didn't say nothing. And he said, you lying devil, you take your hands off my grandson, off my nephew now. See, at the name of Jesus, Oh, what a lovely name. It's a lovely name. But at the name of Jesus, every demon in hell trembles at that name. And what happened? He said, in the name of Jesus, take your hands off my nephew. And all of a sudden, Barbara, the skies open. Everything open. I see what I thought Jesus hanging on a cross for me. I said, Lord, I give up. 
I just give up. I just give up. You know what didn't happen? He didn't run me down. He, I wasn't after him. He was after me. He didn't run me down. I said, Lord, I just give up. Uh-huh. Oh, I left that place that night so full of joy. You know what I ain't got to worry about? I ain't got to worry about hell no more. You can talk to me about hell you want to. What about hell no more? Hell done been conquered. You can talk to me about death. Brother Eddie, I worry about dying. You can talk to me about it. I ain't worried about death no more. He done conquered death. You can talk about, well, Brother Eddie, I got somebody building me a casket, and I want to carry you one day, and I want to show you that cemetery that they're going to lay me in. You can do that if you want to. But I'll carry you to every cemetery, Christian, around town, and I'll show you every one of them. Say, Alexa, I ain't going to be laid in none of them. I'm not going to be laid in nothing. I'm about to be absent from this body. It's to be present with the Lord. All they're going to lay in is an old decayed body because that real thing that lives inside of me, that soul that God saved is going to go to be with the Lord. I'm trying my best to get to that scripture. And I'm not going to take for granted. And I'm not going to take that liberty and I'm not going to take his promises, and I'm not going to take that freedom, and I'm not going to show up at church one Sunday morning and sit here like I deserved it, and like I don't, he don't deserve my worship, and he don't deserve any praise that I would offer him. Because the very minute you do that, you've got written back into that bondage that you was once in because you're thinking you don't owe him nothing, and what you're doing is good enough. Now can I read you the scripture? Possibility of you being headed to a devil's hell. Donna Marbury, I still remember when we was down there with one of your children. I don't know if it's Brody, I guess, wasn't it? And you said, Brother Eddie, when you lose your worship, you've lost it all. When you lose your worship, you've lost it all. You've lost it all. You don't care no more. You've lost it all. You see a friend that you ain't seen and you run them and you hug them and it may be all fake, I don't know, but you run and you, you hug them and it looks real good. But we're coming to the house of the Lord. If you'd have told me 17 years ago that I was going to be passing church that it would be six people in that church that wasn't going to worship God when it come worship time. I said, not in the church I pastor. No. It's going to be 10 folks in the church, 16, 17, 18 years from now that's going to work in the church and they're, going, they're not going to be thankful and they're not going to be grateful. I'll say, no, it's not going to happen where I pastor. Amen. One of the biggest things that I deal with and you're probably excluded from that, is that demonic spirit that gets brought into this church that I pastor that's against everything that I stand for and what I preach, which is Jesus. Oh, yeah. Back when my daddy was a Sunday school teacher years ago, the daughter told, the only reason why I'm here, my mama sends me here to give you a hard time. Hmm. Thank God for y'all to give and do and serve. When you get ready to serve, want to worship God. I'm thankful for God. Can I finally read this scripture? Would you say amen? amen. 
You look at that first word. I don't know what kind of Bible you got. If it ain't King James, you may be in trouble. How can any two walk together except they agree? I hope you got one that says stand. That's a big word. Stand. Now, I'm not going to be able to preach this whole message probably today. You got places to be, and I want you to go be with your mother. I want you to be with your family. You mothers, I want y'all to go be with y'all's family. So I'm going to try my best to draw an end to this thing. But that very first build, is your word say stand? It's in Galatians chapter 5. Renee, does your Bible say stand? It don't say lean. It it don't say, uh, you know, stagger. It, It don't say sit down. It don't say just have a good time. It says stand. What's the famous saying? If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And you say, but Brother Eddie, I I go to church, but y'all, but you're not standing for God. You're not worshiping God. You're not letting your mouth, you're not being a witness through your mouth and letting folks know that you love God and he loves you more than anything and he's took care of you more than anything. You don't confess him before men. But one of these days, you want him to confess you before the Father, which is in heaven. But you're saved. Could it be me that the preacher's taught? Probably so. You know what he said in the word? The truth. He said, if you're ashamed of me, I'd be ashamed of you. Oh. Oh, Andrew, when I would see you do something good at a football game, and I would see you do something good, I didn't act like I didn't know you. (laughs) When everybody else shared, I didn't say, I don't know you. Loud when I come down to the hospital see you and come in the room, I didn't act like I didn't know you. Anybody would have been around and said, I don't know who he is, but he's, he's close to him. They may would say, Donna, is that his daddy? Huh. Is that that lady's husband? Is that his granddaddy? He's going to get him some chapstick. That's close. Wow, had been, Brother Benny, he'd been in a forward wreck and got thrown out in the middle of asphalt road and hit his head. We didn't know if he was going to make it or not. We didn't know, but in a few minutes, a blood clot could happen. And the doctors are doing, I mean, they ain't stopped coming to the room. They're coming. They're coming. They're just coming. They're just coming, everything. One doctor come in, another doctor come in and say the same thing. Another person take care of something else. They saying the same thing. I didn't act like I didn't know him. Anybody would know. I don't know who he is, but he's close to him. Hmm. I don't know who he is, but you better not go in and say anything about him. Not in front of that guy. <laughs> I've been there with you, Barbara. When you're sick, throwing up, I've been there. I don't know who he is, but he's close to her. <laughs> Christy, I was with you, Daddy. Somebody said, I don't know who that guy is in there. Who is that guy? Is he a preacher or something? He don't look like no preacher. <laughs> Looks more like a carpenter or a bricklayer. Well, who he is, but he's close. 
See, when Jesus comes in your life, everybody says, man, I don't know who it is he's worshiping, but he's close to him. You know why? Because the Bible says, he said, you draw nigh to me. Are you listening? He said, you draw nigh to me. Somebody say a prayer in a restaurant, something embarrass you. Somebody say, y'all mind, we're going to pray. Wouldn't that be embarrassing? Who is that? Well, that's somebody you know. I don't want to even put myself in that category, but just say it was me. But you're over there on the other side. Now, what are you going to say? <laughs> what are you going to say? Who was that nut anyhow? What are you even saying? You knew me? Yeah, you know him. You remember when Peter was denying Jesus, they said, yeah, you got that same language. You, he said, I don't know him. That's what we're doing in our actions. We're not making a stand for God. That liberty that he's gave you, how he saved you, redeemed you for your sin, and it's not of works, least any man should boast. Tammy McFarland, we didn't deserve it. And you know what? When we got up this morning, we were saved by the blood of the Lamb. Why? Because we come to God in faith, and that's the only reason why. When we got up yesterday, we were saved by the blood of the Lamb, which cometh by faith, and there's no other way to be saved. Thursday, when we got up, we were saved by faith, by the blood of the Lamb. Barbara, because he just loves us that much, and he just died so we could be saved that way. Last week, when you got up last week, you were saved by the blood of the Lamb because you humbled yourself, because the Bible says he gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. He's somebody close to you. He said, you snuggle up to me and I'll snuggle up to you and everything that you do, you talk to me about it. You, you, you pray, you talk to me, you have a conversation with me and I'll have a conversation with you. He said, I'll lead you and I'll guide you in all truth. But you don't never have no conversation with him. But you're so saved, you're going to heaven. One of these days, the end of the world's gonna come. It ain't gonna be from Corona. It's gonna be because God's gonna say that's enough. Amen. And you ain't stood for him. And the Bible talked about it's gonna be a great guff fix, Danny. It's a great guff fix. Big old guff. A lot of us gonna look on the other side. Some of our children may be on the other side. Maybe we're gonna say, oh my. Oh my, maybe we're going to cry. Just hold on a minute. Maybe we're going to cry because that great gulf is and our children way over there on the other side and they can't get to us and we can't get to them. There's no more grace left. Grace is gone. And the Bible says he's going to come up to you and he's going to wipe that tear from your eyes. He's going to give you an understanding. I loved you, and I loved your children, and I loved your grandchildren, and I loved your daddy, and you're going to say, I got peace with that. You sure did. And God, I'm not going to be mad at you, and I'm not going to be sad because I'm in heaven, and no sadness can get in heaven. He's going to wipe them tears from your eyes, Bill. 
And you're going to understand it better by and by. Even though that was your precious child, you're not going to go in heaven. You're not going to go there. And the first thing when you see God, you're going to say, God, why did my baby not make it? Why did my child not get here? You're not going to do that. Every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess, even the folks that are on the way to hell. And you're going to say, I deserve it. You love me beyond measure. And us that got in by the blood of a lamb, when we kneel, we're going to say, unworthy. 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 We're so unworthy, Lord. We're so unworthy. And when he speaks to you, Brother Allen, he says, well done. You sure are. Woo! But my son ain't. <laughs> Woo! But my son ain't. My son's blood ain't. That empty tomb ain't. That crown of thorns ain't. That spirit that they put in the side, it ain't unworthy. It's worthy. The blood of the Lamb has been applied to your life. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Stand. Fast. Stand fast. Brother Eddie, you really believe it's possible that 40 people here would die and go to a devil's hell sitting here this morning? I believe it can be more than that. Because when the Bible says few, even that number's big. But when the Bible says many, it's extremely big. As I try to close this message, Kayla, you may want to come to the piano. Thank you. As I try to close this message, many, many. How many more times am I going to have to walk the aisle till you fall in love with Jesus? Tammy, till you fall in love with Jesus. It's not been really that many people that I've seen really all that passion about people in my lifetime, really. <laughs> I mean, you know, oh, I may be a little holding hand here or there, but you ought to see them out there in the yard. <laughs> you ought to see them fussing. And maybe you ought to be in the car with them when they're driving to church. I ain't talking about the way they walk in church. All looks good then, Larry Cook, you know. You're saying when they can't buy that deer rifle. Well, you brought you a dress. I ought to be able to buy my deer rifle. You brought you a dress. <laughs> but I'm telling you one thing. If you're going to get in glory, says Tinker, we've got to be real passionate about God. You've got to be in love with God. You've got to be in love with God. Stand fast, therefore, in this liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not tangled again with the yoke of bondage. You know what the yoke of bondage was? Drugs? No. Some sin? No. The yoke of bondage was you. The yoke of bondage was your heart. It's what your heart loved, and that's why you can't give your heart away. He'll take care of your sins, but you got to give him your heart. And what he wants to do, he wants to go in there and massage that thing. He wants to create you a new heart, don't he? A heart 
that loves him. A heart that wants to worship him. A heart that wants to serve him. A heart that wants to praise him. You know what the Bible says? At one time you was an instrument to sin. You sinned as good as anybody. My word, when it comes time to maybe drink or get drunk, you can do it as good as anybody. You was an instrument of sin. You were showing everybody what they wanted to see. Look at him. He done got drunk again. Boy, you loved him saying that. He gonna get in a fight, sure as world. You loved him saying that. But when you got saved, That guitar right there? That guitar right there can be carried to the raunchous, low-downness, perverted nightclubs there are. That guitar can be carried and it can be played and it can be played to a song that I'm whiskey bent and hell bound and all my friends want you to come on down. It can be played in your country nightclubs and it can be played all my exes live in Texas. Sleeping single in a double bed. Y'all know them as good or better than I do. Or it can be played. Boy, I didn't rehearse this. Tinker. Not tinker. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame and I love that old cross where the dear rest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain so I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down And I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown you bow your head. I'm still holding this guitar. It's just whatever instrument you want to be used for. Forty. Forty people can be sitting here today and not know Jesus. It can be more. You might have come today and said, man, I want you to give my life to Jesus. But I'm going to tell you something, you ain't the only one. I just want to know when I start praying in a few minutes and I'm going to be standing down here dead center. I just want to know how many people are going to do a man deal. It's going to be a real woman, real boy, real girl. Said, all oh, Brother Eddie, all oh, Brother Eddie, I need to be saved. Lord, Lord, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for the anointing today. I thank you, Lord, that for something that you put inside of me that ain't really me. But Lord, this morning you gave me a passion for lost people. Lord, last night when I went to bed, I, I didn't have that kind of spirit on me. I was tired. I was ready to get some sleep. I was wore out. 
Then got blistered. But Lord, when I woke up this morning and I went to seeking you, and Lord, you went and you gave me that word, then all of a sudden you gave me a passion for lost people. You gave me a passion to tell folks that are saved here, look, we better stand fast. We can't, just, we can't just be leaning around. We can't just be doing our own thing. Lord, who's that first person finna walk this aisle? Who's that first person? We're going to make this big circle. They said, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. My arm to stretch out. I'm waiting on you. Saying, Katie, with all you got in the Holy Ghost, just saying, who's going to come? My eyes are closed, but I know you're either walking or you want to walk. All you need to be praying. Everyone, if you don't know how to look around, come on. Who's going to be the first one to touch my hand? Say, it's me. Boy, I need to give my life to Jesus.